Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. In today's brief, we'll talk about the meeting of foreign ministers, Russia's navy, and a new road to Donetsk. I'm Linnea, and today is Tuesday, October 3rd, 2023. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about 20 minutes or less. Let's get started with some quick housekeeping. We're raising funds to buy pillows for soldiers at the Vinicky Rehab Center our team visited yesterday. If you'd like to donate, we've included a link in the description. Now the news from the front. The General Staff of the Armed Forces of Ukraine, or GSAFU, reported that Russian losses on Monday included 15 tanks, 8 armored combat vehicles, or ACVs, 40 artillery systems, 20 unmanned aerial vehicles, called UAVs or drones, and 360 personnel. In the Eastern Theater of Operations, Ukrainian forces have been conducting precision artillery strikes on Russian positions and equipment behind the front line near Bakhmut in Donetsk Oblast to degrade Russian defensive positions in preparation for a major offensive operation to retake Bakhmut, according to the GSAFU. In the Southern Theater of Operations, the Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, reported that the situation south of Robotyne in Zaporizhia Oblast is fluid, with Russian forces conducting counterattacks in the area and some tactically significant field fortifications changing hands several times over the last few weeks. Geolocated footage posted on Saturday shows Ukrainian forces trying to enter a trench system just south of Robotyne near the T0408 highway, a trench system that had been at least partially occupied by Ukrainian forces two weeks earlier. According to the GSAFU, Russian forces attempted to advance towards Novodarivka near the border between Zaporizhia and Donetsk oblasts, but were unsuccessful. In the Black Sea, UK Ministry of Defense Intelligence reported that Russia is ramping up the involvement of naval aviation in an effort to maintain control, with BE-12 male amphibious aircraft and Su-24 fighter jets playing a major role. With BE-12 male amphibious aircraft and Su-24 fighter jets playing a major role. On the home front, Russian forces attacked the city of Kherson with an S-300 anti-aircraft missile, striking a transportation company and injuring four people including two policemen. Ukrainian Minister of Internal Affairs Ihor Klimenko reported that a civilian who was severely injured in the attack was rescued by Rapid Operational Response Unit, or CORD, Special Forces Troops, and transported to the hospital, though his condition remains critical. At the time of recording, one of the injured policemen, who had been reported to be at the hospital in extremely critical condition, did not survive. In the temporarily occupied territories, satellite imagery indicates that Russia is apparently building a new road between occupied Mariupol in eastern Donetsk Oblast and Rostov-on-Don in Russia. 
A quick thought. Russia doesn't seem to be too confident in their ability to maintain supply lines through occupied Crimea. Which I guess is fair, considering the bridges keep getting blown up. Speaking of blowing up, let's talk about the Russian Federation. Ukrainian military intelligence announced yesterday that three of the four drones launched at Smolensk over the weekend struck the Smolensk aviation plant, resulting in significant damage. The plant is used to produce KH-59 cruise missiles, which have a range of up to 280 kilometers and are commonly used in attacks against eastern and southern Ukraine, but the damage is reportedly bad enough to disrupt production. Private military company, or PMC Wagner Group, is a hot mess these days after the death or assassination of their leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin. Mercenaries are split up across several countries, with a presence in the Central African Republic, Libya, Mali, of course, Belarus, among other places, without a clear leader. Former Wagner commander Andrei Troshev has moved on to a role with the Russian Ministry of Defense, involving the formation of new volunteer detachments that will conduct combat operations in Ukraine, which has upset some within PMC Wagner. One Wagner-affiliated telegram channel announced over the weekend that Prigozhin's son, 25-year-old Pavel Prigozhin, has taken over command of Wagner Group and is negotiating the PMC's return to combat in Ukraine. According to the ISW, a Russian inside source claimed that Prigozhin the Younger is not acting independently, but rather under the influence of Mikhail Vatanin, the head of Wagner's security service, indicating the possibility that some Wagner factions would rather the PMC be led by a Prigozhin-linked puppet than anyone associated with the Kremlin or Russian MOD. Another Wagner source reportedly claimed that elements of the PMC might be allowed by Rosgvardia head Viktor Zolotov to join Rosgvardia as a separate unit, but it's not clear how that would shake out. Russia-approved media entity Interfax reported that effective October 1st, Russian banks have been prohibited from using the SWIFT system to transfer financial information when making payments within the Russian Federation. Instead, banks will have to transmit information about transfers made within the country through their own banking systems and the Financial Message Transmission System, or SPFS. Russian clients are no longer able to renew subscriptions to Microsoft online services such as Microsoft 365 as of this past weekend, with the company explaining that it had stopped extending licenses to Russian companies in compliance with international sanctions against Russia. Microsoft suspended sales of new products and services in Russia back in March 2022. In news worldwide, Bulgaria has now joined the ranks of European countries blocking the entry of cars registered to Russia. Trucks are already banned. It's important to note that the implementation of the measure is the result of a clarification of guidance from the European Commission, not a new ban. Foreign ministers of the European Union countries met in Kyiv on Monday for the first-ever meeting of all 27 member states outside of the EU. The format of the meetings, according to the EU High Representative for Foreign Affairs and Security Policy, Josep Borrell, was an informal discussion between the EU and Ukraine about support for the country now and going forward. 
Also on the docket was further study of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's 10-point peace plan for ending the war. Aid to Ukraine from the European Union has reached 85 billion euros, including 25 billion euros in military aid and 60 billion euros in humanitarian aid. Borel assured during a press conference in Kyiv that the EU's support for Ukraine is, quote, structured and permanent, and that the EU's support for Ukraine, quote, does not depend on how the war is going on in the next days or weeks. The Ukrainian soldiers are fighting with a lot of courage in front of impressive Russian defense fortifications. The satellite images show that in some cases, these fortifications are 25 kilometers deep, end quote. Annalena Baerbock, foreign minister of Germany, commented during the meeting that she believes the EU will soon extend, quote, from Lisbon to Luhansk, end quote, and reasserted earlier promises from EU officials to admit Ukraine as a member state, saying, quote, with every village, with every meter that Ukraine liberates, with every meter in which it rescues its people, it is paving its way to the European Union, end quote. Prior to the meeting, Denmark's foreign minister, Lars Lukas Rasmussen, announced that Copenhagen will be opening a diplomatic office in Mykolaiv Oblast, stating, quote, At the request of President Zelensky, we are taking separate responsibility for the restoration of Mykolaiv and the entire oblast, end quote, noting that the office would be operational by the end of the week. Following the drama regarding U.S. congressional support for Ukraine in the new budget, Ukraine's foreign minister, Dmitry Kuleba, said he believed that the withdrawal of aid from the U.S. budget was not a systemic issue and that U.S. support for Ukraine hasn't faltered. Kuleba isn't taking any chances, though, adding, quote, But we are now working with both sides of Congress so that it does not happen again, under any circumstances. End quote. That's the brief for today. Remember to check your sources and don't fall for propaganda. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And if you haven't already, please consider subscribing to our work on Substack. We'll be back on Thursday with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone. Do pobachenya.